yeah, this, this is a great movie to vibe to, too. I'm happy that you guys wanted to see it because I hadn't heard anything about this, despite it having that, like, long, choppy history with all the studios. And then it, like, popped up. I was like, oh, 2D animation. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah, let's watch it. And I really, I really liked it for what it was. I mean, I don't know, Bridget, if you watch it with your kids, but yeah, I thought it was the perfect one. So I, I actually watched, I multitasked earlier. So I was like working and watching it, but I kept like getting distracted by the movie. Cause you know, I'm like doing two things at once, but then I'd just be like, and I'm like, oh, I'm running my clock. Uh, let me stop, <laughs> let me stop my clock. Um, but so I actually, it like came on Netflix and for like two days, like two days before it was like, hey, Nimona's coming out in a couple of days. And I was like, okay, I'll make sure I mention it to Scarlett because it said like based on rating and everything, I'm like, that should be something in her wheelhouse. Cause she's about to be 10, thinks that she's 18, but she thinks she's a teenager. And so I was like, that'll be perfect. Well, this girl, I was like, hey, you want to watch this movie with me? I already watched it. <gasps> Excuse me. She literally, the second something that I guess is like, I guess, well, it honestly was also on Oliver's uh, Netflix. So I guess it's like all ages. Um, I didn't look at the rating really, but so it was I on his too, but it's like the, the day it dropped, she immediately watched it. Oh, I don't like when I want to watch a movie with someone else. And I feel like I'm like mentally sort of waiting for that person to watch it with me. And then like they watch it without me. That's one of my pet peeves. Like the Barbie movie is coming out, obviously. Yes. And if you haven't seen the marketing, the Barbie movie is coming out. <laughs> um, and, Barbie mixed with Oppenheimer, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and Ryan is like deployed, but he's like for like the flooding up in Vermont. And he's like, he's like, just go to the Barbie movie, like have fun. Like, and I'm like, the fun is going together and like talking about it with you. But I'll, I'll probably still go like if he doesn't come back early enough I'll go with you I will go with you yeah. because I want to be so obnoxious I want to go I want to see it <laughs> it, it is definitely Howdy. like the most hyped movie right now in my opinion like um but yeah this one was a good this was a good time filler while we wait for Barbie to get here Nimona yeah, yeah. Nimona Netflix marketing can be hit and miss but this one had great thumbnail game I thought the thumbnails were kind of uh compelling uh, great facial expressions. I, I thought so too. And usually I feel like when I see a cartoon come up that looks like adulty animation-ish, but it's not like a series, I, I'm interested. Like this this was good. I, I liked it a whole lot. And it wasn't an adult one, but it really plays for both. It plays for everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is the Thoughtcast Conversations about Animation. I'm Philip Elke. Up here in northern Minnesota, joined by Jody Pulaski and, and Scarlett. Uh, that's your daughter, Bridget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in uh, in uh, Georgia, the two of you are joining. Thank you so much for being a part of the Thoughtcast and this conversation we're having about an animated film on Netflix. Nimona, the follow-up, essentially, to the now defunct blue sky studios uh, uh i guess line of animated films that concluded with spies in disguise uh jody i think you were on that episode uh just you right didn't we talk some spies in disguise it wasn't me but okay. it maybe was alex okay i can't remember yeah bridget what <laughs> you you weren't on that one were you no, um, I don't think I had come into the podcast yet at that time. 
Yeah, I maybe. came in for Stranger Things, maybe? Yeah, I think it was Stranger Things. Yeah, okay, so... But yeah, that was the, the movie about also a theme of like uh, transformation. Uh, you get the characters turning into birds. That was um. Oh my Will gosh, Smith. I did. It yeah. was me. It was me. Sorry. As soon as you say <laughs> Will Smith, it clicks. Clearly, that movie was a little forgettable for me. So sure. I apologize. Now that you're saying Will Smith and pigeons, it's it's flying back. Yes. Yeah. Hey, pigeons. and Tom Holland. Okay, Tom I Holland. was like. I was like, I'm pretty sure it was the Will Smith movie. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Tom Holland's in it, but I had to look it up. I wasn't sure. Yeah, they got unceremoniously uh, shut down by Disney, really, because they that studio was a creation under Fox, 20th Century Fox. And then now that is a brand currently owned by Disney um, and, and, you know, Blue Sky Studios. Uh, was acquired uh and but yeah no no is no longer <laughs> so but i guess enough people were able to remain on the project of nimona uh this film uh directed by nick bruno and troy quain uh screenplay by robert l baird and lloyd taylor based on the 2015 graphic novel of the same name by nd stevenson uh set in a sci-fi Sci fantasy, um, so science fiction and fantasy hybrid world. Um, so, uh, lots going on here. This movie is about nine, uh, let's see, running time 99 minutes, fairly short. Uh, rated PG. It's, it, I thought it was fairly, you know, directly aimed at kids. Um, but it's got some, you know, plenty of things to make it appealing to adults as well. So, um, yeah, it it uh, it is a sort of different style of animation. It's cell shading, uh, still you know three D um, wireframe animation, but not in the traditional textured DreamWorks Pixar current day Disney animation style, but more like what we saw demoed with movies like uh, short the short films from Disney, Paper Man or Feast. And a few movies have kind of adopted that style. You know, of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse most famously incorporates a cel-shaded animation style. So yeah, that that was appealing to you, Jody, particularly. Uh and and Bridget. What what did both of you think about like the look of of Nimona? I really liked it. I like this sort of 2D stylization. I'm not exactly sure like what you call it, but it's very fluid without being like Pixar animation, which I'm not a huge fan of. And that's probably like why this one stood out to me. Like uh, we talked about earlier, just even the poster for it on the Netflix um, page, I thought it looked really appealing. And I really loved like the color scheme that they use for this like, like fantasy sci-fi thing. And not only that, something I really loved was like the time they put it in, it was sort of like medieval, but it's also very futuristic. So I thought that was great. I I thought they were a little lacking actually with some of the animation in like the background, but for the characters themselves, I thought it was spot on. I really enjoyed this style. Yeah. And that, uh, the review that you recommended that you sent us, um, he actually compared it to Klaus, which I thought was a good comparison in terms yeah. of animation. Cause it's like, they're not like it, it's like 3d that kind of looks like 2d, which I appreciate. Hmm. Um, like, 
it looks like it took some time to do and like mm-hmm. all of the characters were very well formed even ones that weren't like the main characters still looked good um i i kind of agree with what jody said though is that sometimes the backgrounds didn't seem like they focused as much like they were not as focused on them as the characters but other than that like i was not phased by it if i was looking for something to nitpick i would be like yeah you guys could have done a bit more um and that's kind of something that that review talked about was like oh we would have liked to see like more about the town and more about this but you know it's kind of focused on just the characters which is fine i wouldn't be surprised if they had to make certain budgetary sacrifices uh, considering kind of the storied uh process by which this movie had to uh eventually secure release i it's impressive honestly that this thing even made it to print uh you know after the studio was closed down um but i do remember hearing that you know this was a movie that was like in the works from blue sky following um the spies in disguise and uh it's been released by annapurna pictures distributed by netflix and i think there is a new division of annapurna now just called annapurna animation so they they are going to attempt to uh have a have their own animation division with future projects i'm sure in the works um yeah it's very very impressive that they were able to put this out um in the time that they did i'm sure you know it's been kind of the the idea for it's probably been tossed around in some form or another ever since you know 2015 you know the graphic novel i'm sure was envisioned as you know potential source material for uh, a, an eventual film um but yeah this uh you know interesting concept is uh it's now here and it features the voice talents of Chloe Grace Moretz as the titular character, Riz Ahmed as a knight, uh, you know, not necessarily her sidekick, as we'll discuss, uh, but, uh, um, you know, he's he's sort of the ostensible hero of this film, uh, you know, the the character that the audience is supposed to... Um, you know, sympathize with the most. And then, uh, yeah, they go on this adventure to try to save their kingdom. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't go into heavy detail on the lore, on the world building. Uh, Could have used a little more of that. uh, But, you know, it's also kind of nice that it didn't get too bogged down by that kind of thing, which it easily could all the the westeros and the middle earth of of it all (laughs) i don't know we didn't even hear like uh not you know try not to spoil this too much but the inciting incident in the beginning really early on in the film there's you know a a monarch character who gets killed uh and uh, you know do they even talk really about the the succession of this character i don't i don't think so i think it's basically assumed that this yeah, the director is now the acting head of state in the kingdom, um, as far as we know. So, uh, yeah, stuff like that. The intrigue, it's it's kind of light on that, but it's more of just a character study. Uh, so, 
And what, yeah, what yeah. else intrigued you guys? Well, I will what? say that the backstory of Glory, that yeah. that's like as much background as you get. Yeah. In terms of characters, it's like, and then you you hear that um, the knight I've already forgotten his name, um, the one who you know does the thing, um, <laughs> like he grew up. Oh, yeah, what's his Ballister? name? <laughs> Ballister. <laughs> like, Ballis, Ballister. Okay, yeah. Riz, Riz Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, he, when I looked up the actor or the voice actors earlier, I was like, man, he kind of looks like that character Riz Ahmed does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, they kind of look, they kind of look similar. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like, oh, he was, you know, just a poor common boy and now he's going to be a knight. And that's really like all the lead up you get. And then it's present day. So I thought that was like, I mean, maybe they did it because they just kind of want to get to like the meat of the actual story. I think this would be if they wanted, if people wanted, I guess, more information like, oh, what is this? Why is this? How did we get here? It would be interesting to do like, like a Netflix series, maybe, or like a sequel that goes a little more into it. Like, why is Nimona the way that she is? I mean, they kind of gave us that, but not really. Like, what is she? Mm-hmm. shapeshifter but like how so and like what's her lore yeah one thing that kind of like didn't make sense to me is like okay so they have these like very different statuses somehow in this kingdom like some people are allowed to be knights other people are like considered lower class like Ballister was mm-hmm. not someone that you would potentially have being part of this you know group but they it kind of didn't like matter at all to talk about that class system. They could have just kind of skipped it all together and just been like, okay, this guy's a knight. And somehow he, you know, Hmm. becomes on the wrong side of the group because like throughout the movie, they never really reference again, how he came from these like super humble beginnings or how he's sort of like pushing against the, the grain by being the one and only like, quote unquote, like lower class who made it to upper class. Like you never really see him like pursuing that passion all that much. So I don't really even understand why they had to say from the beginning that he was like the odd man out because they could have just had him become the odd man out by shooting. Unless I missed something in the middle. I just felt like that part didn't matter. Did well, I miss something in the middle? I, I, I don't think so. I think why they did that because i don't think that there's necessarily like a class system i think it's like common folk and royal lineage people so Mm -hmm. the people who are the kings and like the heads of state are from royal lineage and so that's i think they gave him that as a like a definite kind of i i don't know what word i'm looking for so that the person who ends up being the villain has a reason to not like him that is like across the board bad I guess it's like, oh, I don't like them because he shouldn't be a part of this because he's not worthy. Because I guess I mean, I guess they could have found something else to make him not worthy, but they're probably also going based off of the the graphic novel, which I'm not familiar with. Yeah, yeah, sure. And there was probably a little more build up when it came to the book about these like commoners versus like you. I think you're right. There was like a a royal bloodline or like something like this that like attached them through yeah there's a lot of implied um stratification in any feudal society any kind of middle ages uh themed environment because um that was just how society was organized in in these you know earlier times 
people were either, you know, landed, you know, there were nobles, there were um, aristocrats, they were royalty, or, or they were commoners, they were peasants, they were serfs. Um, and uh, yeah, there was a significant division, you know, in between all of these various uh, groupings. Um, here, it's, a, you know, not nearly quite as extremely, um, you know, the, the various social strata, I don't think are quite as divided uh you know it's a it's a fairly cohesive society that's developed technology and it's sort of a yeah like runner. everybody yeah. has a smartphone nobody's yeah. like not allowed to walk the streets and like see the mm -hmm. skyscrapers so they're they're all yeah. like on somewhat even playing field you're right yeah it's not a not a hellhole <laughs> of a world <laughs> uh but also yeah there's there's definitely some implied um you know sense of know your place and uh he, this character is a commoner uh baluster who uh ascends to potentially being a knight whereas normally in feudal societies you'd have to have some kind of nobility in order to be eligible to be knighted um but have you uh, guys seen a knight's tale yeah yeah keith ledger because that's literally kind of the story is that he is not and they make up a lie and then they're like the prince is like, you know what? I like you. We're going to lie and say that you're a noble so you can be a knight. The end. <laughs> That's basically the story. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the caste system, you know, it, there's there's a little bit of that, but not enough to be you know, distracting or kind of uh, beating you over the head with. I mean, th there are lots of themes here. I mean, this is, yeah, I, I'm not going to probably necessarily use the w word in this episode uh but that's because we can just straight up say you know there's a lot of queer messaging in this film uh, you know intentionally so um you know yeah, that literally was... right off the bat like yeah. they didn't give us like a, even like two seconds thing it, i was like i had no idea actually that there was going to be like a gay couple sort of presented in this movie like i didn't know because i Usually when there's something like that, I feel like on Facebook or on social media, there's like a lot of like upheaval and like angry posts, but like mm -hmm. I, I knew nothing about it. So as soon as he said, I love you, I was like, oh, they're such good friends. And then he held his hand. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're together then, I guess, you know? Yeah. yeah they like, he was like, he like, he's like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, oh, and then nice. he like put his head on it. They like held hands and I was like, oh, okay. Cause like, I think when I think in a lot of things too, like, things too with marketing is that sometimes they like market that aspect in regards to movies and like the marketing nothing it would do with that um but even though it would have been kind of funny if they just hinted at it and then it was like you know back parks back to like the historical things where you're reading and they're like oh yeah these two men just lived together for 45 years as best friends yeah. slept in the same room and everything because they were just the best of besties <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. i did like i was like I like the progressive themes. I'm I can I'm about that. I'm for this. I really like when they present it in a way that just is displayed as like factual. Like there's no real like the society doesn't seem to really be pushing against it. I mean, their relationship isn't like this big out in the open thing, but you don't get anything in the movie that's like 
saying that it's wrong or it's right. It's sort of just like an existing fact and the movie goes on as such. And I always think about, uh, you know, with Disney princess movies, eventually like when they bring maybe a chubbier princess in or a princess that's like different, I really hope they do a similar thing where it's like, that's just a characteristic of that character, but it's not like the whole plot. Like the whole storyline shouldn't be about her being chubby. And like the whole storyline doesn't need to be about them being um, a, a couple that, a gay couple you know i i like that it was just sort of this is what it is okay let's continue on yeah there's already ways in which the main protagonists are on the fringes of society uh ballister boldheart is um and i guess in the comic he, he's known as ballister blackheart uh maybe they his name gets changed when he gets knighted or something that'd be an interesting concept to like um uh, you know Go from Blackheart to Boldheart um, as part of the plot. I'm oh, sorry. I'm, no, I'm, go ahead. I've been off the podcast for a while, so I've like learned how to interrupt too much. But I think in Native American culture, when they move from like child to manhood, they're given a, a new name or a different name. So that would be kind of a cool thing because I do think you see that in some cultures. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but Ballister, you know, he's... Uh, I, I think, you know, the implication is that he's, you know, not only like a commoner, he's probably like an orphan or, you know, from a very poor part of the community. Yeah, they showed him kind of like as an orphan. Yeah. In the movie. Mm-hmm. He, he basically I think, was probably raised within this, um, you know, academy that, you know, is is all about rearing kids to become knights eventually. Um yeah, and, that, and then, of course, Nimona is, is this magical this sort of elemental being who can shapeshift, and uh, we don't really know, you know where she comes from, how old she is. Of course, this is a very insular kingdom as well. There's a giant wall. You know, it's like Attack on Titan or something. Yeah. You know, the way this, <laughs> he said that this... in the review, and I was like, yes, because <laughs> uh, we just finished the last season uh, yeah. or the last part that's out. And I was like, that's uh-huh. right. That is kind of like that. <laughs> They don't know what's outside the walls. Yeah, this clearly this this culture, you know, is a bit, yeah, perhaps paranoid. That they're a bit, uh, you know, isolationist in their thinking. Uh, but yeah, like the the animation style and the feudal um, kind of setting and. Um, but also and, sci-fi. <laughs> but sci well. Uh, you know, it, it definitely reminds me, of course, you know, it's it is, you know, kind of uh, um, a somewhat auspicious uh, rainbow coalition of colorful characters that that, you know, I think is meant to promote representation so that kids see, you know, different cultures and races and, you know, people groups, you know, <laughs> represented in their media uh, and that's that's a pretty common trend that you see in, in kids media nowadays. There, there's a lot more representation of various demographics. Um, but you, you find all of these things, I think, in another Netflix uh, series that that's very similar aesthetically. And that's the Dragon Prince. Are any of you familiar with that? No, Scarlet I'm not. loves that. Okay, yeah, Scarlett's yeah. a big fan of the Dragon Prince. We've watched a lot of it. <laughs> okay. It, it almost wouldn't have surprised me to see this be like a spinoff of the Dragon Prince, because that also has the cell shading animation. Of course, the the medieval um, 
like a power system and all, all that stuff. Well, I would say, so when I saw that Annapurna were the ones who helped like produce it, I honestly am not surprised by the way that it looks because I play a lot of Annapurna games oh, and like, my. like they did Stray this last year mm-hmm. and it's very much like that aesthetic. And so they have a lot of really pretty games. And so I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I didn't know that they did animation. And maybe this is like, you know, maybe they don't do it all the time. Now, I, you said that they were making like an animation company. So I was like, huh. I was like, that would be interesting because their their games are really nice to look at. So I'm not surprised that it was very similar. Sorry. I, MVP of this movie, by the way, is Quispy Dragon, the mascot of... <laughs> The what, cereal. Uh, yeah, the cereal. Is it called Crispy Crunch or something? Um, the this yeah, it's, it's something. It, it was like with that. a W for sure. It was like well, crispy. The the something. mascot's name is Crispy, but the cereal it is spelled K R Crispy. Um, so oh. there's a, a bit of a distinction there, but uh, no, the 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 um dragon character itself, Crispy, is noteworthy because it is uh, an actual hand-drawn animated character. Um, and, and it's not done in the sort of wireframe cell shading style of uh, the, the rest of the film. So yeah, just some interesting deviations in animation style with some of these elements and, uh, you know, Quispy Dragon, just genius, <laughs> voiced by the comic book creator, Andy Stevenson. Well, I thought it was funny when... Nimona turns into the crispy dragon that when she <laughs> blows her fire, it's actually cereal balls. And I was like, that's a fun, that's a fun power. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that the moment, you know, definitely there are moments that make you wonder just how your know, OP is Nimona. You know, she, it, you think that she's maybe actually been defeated at one point. And uh, but no, she she turns into this giant dragon and just kind of, you know, overcomes that brief uh, inconvenience. Uh, so, so, yeah, you're always wondering. I mean, we need to get into the character of Nimona herself. Um, she's like a crazy little gremlin. But I really do wonder if she's like this ageless spirit because you find out she's been around for like over a thousand years. And is she the one and only of her kind? Do we ever find anything like that out? I mean, she's able to morph into all these different animals and creatures and characters and also mask herself as other humans or when she's able to be um, Ballister's lover. I can't remember his name. Um, oh, it was like golden, a... golden, golden something. Loin, golden loin. Golden loin. Yeah. What a unique name there. <laughs> we get creative <laughs> with the the name. Yeah, it's it is sort of the J.K. Rowling convention of like very um, conspicuous sounding n- names. Like, oh, the, you know, your your name is you know Dennis, and and now you're a dentist, or you know, th- th- along those lines. But yeah, Ambrosia's golden Ambr- yeah, ambrosia yeah well i like that well they kind of like made they're like oh he's the golden child because he's uh go- golith glolith whatever her name is well she or- he was the he was the, yeah he was the like descendant of her yeah but i like that he didn't end up being the villain they had like todd the other the jerk knight and i was like <laughs> good i was like i'm glad that like the golden boy is nice and i guess also his boyfriend but like he's nice and he's not a jerk even though he does come, he's like, you know, the most royal of the royal knights, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Boldheart, Todd, Todd, I think it was actually short for like Thaddeus or Toddius or something. You know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the... Oh, it is Thaddeus. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in, in, interesting choices with the, a lot of these world building as elements. Yeah. Glorith is the legendary yeah, heroine around which the society is is built uh yeah glorith i mean you know and a derivation of glory of course um from a thousand years ago vanquished a great black monster and enclosed the kingdom in a high wall so like there could be any number of threats that could come into the kingdom from beyond the wall and uh nimona and similar spirits would be just a few examples of those kinds of threats um well, there's that big gun that's on it's on the wall but uh, when it actually is about to get used later on in the film uh it's not exactly aiming over the wall <laughs> such tends to uh occur in in certain context where uh hyper vigilance is the rule of the day <laughs> you only end up hurting yourself um well yeah. that well that too and she like had no no qualms no qualms yeah. using the gun around innocent people she was just like if they die they die i hate that that's something that has always bugged me and like my nephews right now are really into superhero movies and when the superheroes are fighting in these big cities and the buildings are crashing and the people are running I'm like how many civilians i mean obviously these are like fiction but like how many <laughs> civilians are dying or like in pain or suffering because of this big like chase through the sky i feel like i'm I, and i think it was golden loin who like called that out he was like oh you're gonna like hurt the innocent people and when they're like well whatever it's like oh my pet mm -hmm. peeve oh yeah well you guys are uh you know champing at the bit for barbie but on that same <laughs> release day is another movie that deals with this subject matter of uh building the biggest gun you know you possibly can aka the atomic bomb um I, there even in in this uh film there's a moment where a an air raid siren goes off right so they have those in this world it's like uh, that. Yeah. Well, it's the warning. monster alarm. But wasn't yeah. it saying like, retreat, retreat? It's a drill. Don't worry. But like, run, hide. It's just a drill. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's. This is the monster alarm. It's just. It's just a drill. But yeah, get off the streets. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also like a mistaken identity plot. Uh, you know, sort of like how deep fakes and AI are now becoming rampant. Um, you could you could have any kind of recorded evidence of something and have its legitimacy be called into question just because it's easy to fake that's that kind of thing. Um, and here, you know, he, he kind of tries to do the same, you know, gotcha technique with the perpetrator. But, you know, you have the this character, Nimona, who's capable of <laughs> um, shape shifting into any being she wants to so obviously the truest deep fake of all is nimona <laughs> yeah 
she is the AI of the time. Recording's never going to fly because there'll be so many people able to just write it off as, oh, it's a trick. Well, it was weird to me that they were like, oh, that's not me. But I was like, did they not record the whole time when they were like, haha, just kidding. That's Nimona. Because that's what I would have posted the whole thing. Like, they got to be better at tricking people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess Ballister had his own little recording device that, yeah, that that moment you know was uh confusing to me certainly because i was like oh wow she's she's straight up you know killed this character you know uh golden loin and uh and they're making a joke out of it <laughs> what what kind of uh, a well, movie is <laughs> well yeah. yeah it was like the way they were reacting they're like uh, 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 and i was like okay that, they're not really dying there's a trick here there's something something's about yeah. to happen <laughs> i didn't yeah. know if he was in on it or if it was demona but i was like something is off but i didn't notice so like i know when she turned into baluster she had the red streak in the hair i didn't even think to like look back and see if there was a red piece on golden loin during that part because i don't remember one but usually there's like a tell because when she's animals she's red but when she's people she's people with like a little bit of red so i'm like yeah i guess there's a certain limitation as to her coloring uh but yeah she is able I, i i didn't notice like the red streak but i'm sure there probably was something like that for all of yeah her. it was on baluster it mm-hmm. was like in his hair okay. so then i was like okay i was like i was like, i need to go back and look because i'm like was there a tell on him or was it hidden so they wouldn't know interesting i'm sure that there was mom brain sorry keep going <laughs> no uh, well <laughs> i got i got distracted by your dog i was just like puppy <laughs> i mean it, this this movie you know it's it's uh it's sort of done in the traditional um sensibility of you know a pg animated movie for kids primarily so it's like you're not going to get very explicit violence or death on screen Uh, but there is a fairly overt death scene right at the start with the you know the the uh, coronary um what do they call that the night nighting nighting ceremony Yeah. yeah yeah it's like a nighting ceremony um so it's willing to go there and uh baluster gets his arm chopped off there's no no visible blood but they're careful to like frame the arm getting cut off strategically so that you know you don't really get a a super good look at it um and then he gets uh i guess you know it's just easy to get a Fairly easy to get a prosthetic limb in this world. Kind of makes sense. Well, he like he made it, which was kind of wild. Yeah, how? Jeez, I guess maybe you know he gets taught all sorts of skills in the knighthood academy. <laughs> They're like, just in case you get anything cut off, you can replace it with metal. <laughs> so it's like auto mail <laughs> from Full Metal Alchemist. Um, you know, it's a that's another system of magic combined with technology um and yeah i guess i I wonder here the mystical arts and and their the extent to which they're employed um in a sort of public out in the open fashion uh you know clearly magic is commonplace in this world but to what degree are there well shape-shifting is but but yeah like like general 
spell casting, I'm wondering. Well, that was something I wondered because she, Nimona was like, oh, people hate me. But it didn't seem like she was like out shape-shifting around people very often. So I was like, did they just not like her because she was like crazy and like an orphan person? Or did they, did people know she was a shapeshifter? Because I feel like I that would have been common knowledge since they're afraid that- of monsters. You know, they do that whole flashback with her from a thousand years ago and she had the people really scared of her and like poking her with the picket um, pitchforks. Pitchforks. Yeah. I mean, if you're attacked by your own like friends at that level, you probably forever just think people hate you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe in the back of her brain because yeah she I didn't know she was going to be a shapeshifter it's not like something kind of like teased it or gave it away and then like all of a sudden she's a rhinoceros and I was like oh here we go here we go she's very (laughs) it's a unicorn that was a rhinoceros (laughs) yeah (laughs) um she's very like chaotic and almost malicious you think you know she she has at least violent um expressions and in, in the way she talks um but never she's never overtly murderous or anything she she clearly I has an appreciation she wanted to be like a super villain i mean maybe she was just using that word like that he was gonna be this <laughs> you know bad guy or whatever but yeah but she has a, a moral center clearly and like she yeah. didn't aspire to be the leader of their little band, their, you know, Mary Band of Misfits. She she just wanted to be. Uh, she made him promise that she could be his sidekick. <laughs> that was all. So like, there there's a good message there of like she's not some crazy megalomaniac. She's just uh, kind of a humble demon. <laughs> yeah. No, so I... she's like she's like misunderstood, and yeah. I think that because like because people misunderstood her in the beginning. She was like, well, because people don't like me and they don't even know me, I should give them a reason not to like me. And that's why she was like, oh, people don't like him. So we're going to get along great. And he's like, no, 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 no. I I like people. I'm not a bad guy. And she was like, crap, I guess I got to be somewhat good. And so I think like in her nature, I don't think that she was drawn to like be evil. I think that it was like, she was just like that because she was misunderstood. So she felt she had to be that way. I think maybe part of her nature as this supernatural creature is that you know she kind of reflects the world around her um she probably plays off of the emotions of the people with whom she interacts and so if if she's having violence done against her then she might respond with violence but if she's this she's being treated compassionately then she'll act in kind um, I, I think it, you know, that's a, a big uh, sort of theme, I think, uh, of this uh, film and uh, the franchise really is, you know, do on to others as you would want them to do to you, um, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, so many kind of, you know, um, out of paranoia or righteous, you know, self-righteousness kind of cling to these ideas of isolation and purity, you know, that, um, that lends them to, uh, you know, not even barely hesitate to act violently towards things that are kind of foreign or alien, 
um, even if they're not, uh, you know, dangerous necessarily or or threatening. Um, obviously, something as powerful as pneumonia could be a threat, but that was never her intention. That's just her nature. Um, but because she demonstrated this strange power, this magic, there were plenty of people willing to just you know, execute her at the drop of a hat. Right. I mean, even Glorith, who they had a considerable friendship, they had built this relationship, this bond really like g gave like a 180. Like she didn't even give her an opportunity to explain yeah. that it wasn't her fault or that, you know, she was just protecting herself. Like that, that quick betrayal of, oh my gosh, she is so different. And now like, she's nothing to me. She's like, not canceled, but do you know what I mean? Like, Barth <laughs> was really quick to be like, okay, I'm going to yeah. kill you now. Like you're, you're like a monster. And I was like, wow, that was yeah. sudden. Like, didn't you guys have like years of best friendship behind you? Well, and I think a lot of it also has to do with like how impressionable kids are. Mm -hmm. Is that like, if you act as a parent or as an adult, if you act like this is bad, if something is different, this is bad. Then hmm. as kids get older, they will go, oh, yes that person is different from me. They are bad. Therefore, I will ignore them or I will, you know, in their case, try to kill them. Mm -hmm. And so I think because, you know, they had heard of like, oh, monsters and this. And then she sees her change. And like when she would change with her, they were like playing and being like having oh, fun. But when she's yeah. like, yeah, she was like protecting herself. But because she's a kid, she doesn't see it like that. She's like, oh, she's being a monster. And she set the whole town on fire. So mm -hmm. she's like, because this is like ingrained in her at this point, she's like, nope monster you know what thought we were cool monster and that's kind of like what they're doing in the future these kids are like playing like the hunger games but it's like oh yeah i caught this monster and i killed it and they're like teaching kids that and that's kind of like like i feel like mona she wanted to be accepted and so that's when she sees that kid when she's the big dragon she changes to a kid and she's like it's okay it's okay but because yeah. they're like it's ingrained to them to be afraid of that. That kid was like, I'll stab you, girl. You better get away. And so it's like, I think that's a big part is that like, you cannot like force these kind of beliefs on kids because they're just going to grow up and they're going to keep teaching that, you know, yeah, as I... they go on in their life and they're going to teach it to their kids. And it's just going to, a thousand years later, they're still going to be hateful or afraid. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, so much fervor right now, you know, over the impressionability of kids i think that's one of the primary drivers of at least the uh the intensity of some of the rhetoric that we hear within you know certain kind of political narratives um you know that kids shouldn't be exposed to certain issues and you know especially the themes of this movie around you know lgbt issues and um plenty of probably parents who you know would expressly forbid their kids from watching a movie like this because of those themes um but you know a big part of i think what is going on within that whole milieu it you know it's it it does boil down to the impressionability of kids but you know, th there's something about how kids are being impressioned to conform i think in a certain way or there's there's a certain sense of inferiority that's that's being foisted upon kids not necessarily by their 
parents. I don't. I think our culture is maybe saturated in that. You know, con people are endlessly competing. Uh, you know, they're comparing. Uh, you know, who has the most? Who has? You know, are we keeping up with the Joneses? Um, I. I mean, I remember being a kid and even struggling with, you know, the notion of another kid being older than me. Like I would be jealous if a, a kid in my class's birthday came before mine, they turned seven before I did, you know, I, I would, I, I had, there was a certain amount of ire I would level towards people who, who had that, that advantage over me. Um, so it's like these, these things really do kind of stick to kids, unfortunately. And I think that creates a lot of dysfunction that leads them to struggle with identity issues. Um, and you know, but people, of course, they balk the most heavily at anything having to do with like issues surrounding sex or gender, you know, whatever. These are the hot buttons, you know, these drive the clicks, these drive the, the, the hysteria. Yeah. yeah. It's so <laughs> true. I mean, even today, my nephews, they're only three and four and we've noticed how much they hate losing. And we're like, what are they even like learning this from? Like, we're not really a competitive family. We're not even really like a sporting football family but like tears and anger when they lose. And mm -hmm. I had mentioned earlier in this recording, like they've gotten into superheroes. And one of the theme songs is the good guys win and the bad guys lose teenage mutant ninja turtles or whatever. And so like they're associating winning Candyland with like good, you know what I mean? And it's, it, it, I think it starts really innocently parents and society were like, oh yeah, the good guys win. Awesome. Blah, blah, blah. But like also like the good guys can lose too sometimes like that's okay and i'm not a parent yet but i have to assume like even when you try to combat that you don't want to do it like too much the other way it's like oh it's cool to be a loser like <laughs> yeah well it's like a very fine line to like tread because like we've been like that like we want our kids to be inclusive but we don't want to shove it in their face and we want that like we want them to accept everyone but we also want them to be able to like determine when someone is not being nice to them like you yeah. yes be nice to people but not if they're being mean to you but like don't, but also don't be mean back it's like such a fine line because you don't want them to like be bullied or picked on but you also don't want them to bully or pick on people and so it's like and then you know and they're also their own people with their own brains believe me you're gonna learn you're gonna learn yeah. today well at least in the next year you're gonna learn yeah. <laughs> and i believe it so then we, when you see these things in the shows like with nimona and Glor Gloria, have we decided what uh, her Glor name is? Glorious, it's Glorious. <laughs> yeah, you can see how this, like the society and the culture, how these things trickle down. Like, I'm not sure how the whole like kingdom decided that like gay is okay, but like you'd think that they would also be like to the point of shape-shifting is okay. So I think maybe when you're hiding things behind a wall and it becomes taboo, like that's when it's gonna have the biggest negative effect on the culture, potentially, mm. I don't know. Maybe it's like well, and I, being open and being honest about everyone and everything. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of like when you were saying that you think a lot of it has to do with culture. I agree. Cause there is a lot where she's like, he's like, Oh, the institution, the institution. And she's like, who cares about the institution? Let's tear it down. And I think that's kind of like what they're like, they're kind of talking about like society and culture. Cause it's like, if this wasn't a problem, if we weren't afraid of these monsters, if the institution wasn't telling us to be this way, then you wouldn't really have like people wouldn't be afraid of her and which and i guess because she is the at least that we know of in this society she is the only one that's like this so that's why she's scary to them 
because they've been told, you know, for by society for thousands of years that this is scary. And so it's like, yeah, if we tear down the institution, then monsters are cool. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> a very people who are different. Yeah, punk rock is certainly a strain that runs heavily throughout this film. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. The sort of chaos, anarchical quality of n not only the the film but the character Nimona herself. I I just love her like facial expressions and just that. Yeah, she's she's very Joker esque in many ways. Um, but you know, and, and she she presents herself as a villain, but you know, clearly you know a character that's that's got a lot of heart. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there's a lot of noble qualities to her as well. So it's not like she's purely, you know, this tear the whole system down type of person. I, I mean, she's largely that, but, you know, you have to be <laughs> careful, I think, approaching anarchic sensibilities because, and they, they do appeal to me in some regard, like that, that we all have a certain fascination with characters like the Joker or, or I don't know, the yeah punk rock um musicians uh you know the films of punk rock spider-man <laughs> <laughs> yeah danny boyle or quentin tarantino films you know it's just yeah oh who else is is uh um well yeah yeah that that um character from the the recent spider-verse movie he was the he was like the far and away like the highlight of, of that film i think um but uh the yeah this line you know we have to kind of ride where you know it's easy to kind of just say tear it all down um so you know we need to try to hold on to areas that are you know signs of success within our lives within our society um and not not just focus on the negative uh because you know failure is commonplace it's unremarkable success triumphs these things are rare these are the things that we should look to um you know for our um inspiration um you know sure it's fun to watch an explosion not so fun to clean up after it exactly and if anything with their with them blowing up the wall they got to drive their flying cars out into the wilderness <laughs> yeah 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 now they have a trade route yeah, yeah, they were like, oh, wow, there's like just like pretty land out here. Cool. Let's yeah. go Let's go on a trip. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, they, they didn't totally eradicate the ability to use things like flying cars and cool toys like that. Um, so that luxury is uh, something that continues within this um, this cult, this society. Um yeah, just who knows what'll be on the other side of that wall, but you know, maybe find out in Nimona too. Um, but yeah, like preserving things, tradition, you know, there's a reason why we have it. Um, so while we always need to be re um configuring, you know, kind of reassessing, um yeah, we we brought this up in our elemental episode, Bridget, but like if you even if you can think of a million reasons why something shouldn't work, you know, if, if you can find one reason why it should, then then that has the potential to overrule and override all the reasons why you can't do something. The the positive just so um just vibrantly outshines 
the negative, at least, you know, if you ha are a person of a certain kind of orientation, disposition towards life, if, if you have a certain um, optimism, I guess, that you're capable of harnessing, then you'll see things in that sort of Lady Gaga, you know, million reasons, you know, kind of way and and find thing find ways to make something work out of you know even the the most darkest of uh scenarios <laughs> and with elemental of course it was the idea that a uh, you know a person made of pure fire could coexist with someone of pure water well yeah and that, i think that was kind of like something that they were leaning into too because of course like nimona's like yeah let's tear it all down because of course it was like discriminatory against her, but it was like in the same sense, like what the queen had been doing by bringing in people who were of the common folk. She was like trying to make it where like everyone can be a part of protecting us. Like there's nothing wrong with having a group of people who protects the town. But then you had the other people who were like, no, it should only be royalty. And that's where, you know, the whole movie comes from. Um, so I think that is like a good message of the movie. It's just like, yeah, like some things like tradition is fine. But yeah, like re reevaluate what why like where it comes from and how you do it to, you know, be inclusive and yeah. like be nice to people. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly. always learning new things. Yeah. And I think that's why Ballister was less, you know, rejective of the institution. He was sort of like trying to figure out still how he could fit into it and how he could, you know, kind of reconnect with it because I do think he saw the good and he saw the potential and he saw the chances within the existing culture and so like Nimona feeling that rejection she wasn't able to see that so them coming together and sort of you know sharing their perspective it mm -hmm. I don't know it kind of led to them both sort of seeing like yeah. well yeah because I mean he was like mm -hmm. he was an orphan on the streets who now gets to be a knight and gets to be like you know, people respect him and, or will, will like, they will respect him. Cause of course people were like kind of iffy about it. Yeah. Yeah. But and then like, once they were like, like, yeah, well, they were like, Oh, we like could be was, him. Yeah. Like he realized like there's little kids out there sitting in the audience, like cheering for me. Like, yeah, there's some naysayers, but like, there's a lot of acceptance in this room too. I mean, until his laser blew up <laughs> <laughs> but for, for a few seconds, he had it all. Oh, it, the laser went off and I was like did they just kill her <laughs> I was like I was like she's fine she's fine and they're like he killed the queen I was like oh no no she's not okay okay I was just making sure <laughs> um I will say my favorite my like favorite nod at least to adults because of course like I know my kids didn't get it is when she was the whale and they're like dropping through the levels and they fall and Todd's in the bathroom and she was like uh, is it cold in here and they fall again. Oh. I I cackled. <laughs> I love like little adult Easter eggs because like I know my kids are not gonna they're they're not gonna know what that means, but I knew what that meant. <laughs> I missed that, but I I did like the comedy, the little like jokes here and there. I I liked how it was funny without trying to be like too funny, you know. Like, they weren't forced. Yeah. And the shape-shifting battle scenes I thought were very good and very, very entertaining. Usually if there's like scenes like that where people are just, you know, fighting and battling, I'm like, eh. But with the shape-shifting element, it was so much fun to watch. Especially that first battle scene where she's like a whale and then a, 
I don't even remember a cat. Like she's she all these different. Yeah, she was like a rhino. I'm pretty sure she was an ostrich. She was an otter of some otter. kind. Yeah, I'm like I don't remember what else because she also did some of the same ones again. Like she did an armadillo, uh, armadillo at some point. I think that was in the scene with uh, whatever her name is. Gosh, it, it's not going to stay the, in my brain. The not the Loris. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Something. <laughs> um oh glorith glorith yeah is yeah glorith figurehead um i think the the director character only is known as the director um yeah so that was Frances conroy and i love yeah. her she's in every season of american horror story and i could pick out her voice as soon as she started talking i was yeah. like they got Frances in this <laughs> great voice she she's the archetypal Disney princess character in this, um, you know, in, in the way she's um, designed, you know, modeled. Um, so, yeah, the the aesthetic is is very much, you know, the big uh, alien eyes of, you know, a lot of the Disney characters and princesses and stuff. So round, you know, the almond shape and the, the face, you know. Uh, but yeah, um it, it, a lot of similarity to to some of these classic design conceits um but um you know probably not you know spending 200 million dollars plus on a project like this uh as they did with elemental or your typical disney or pixar film um, i couldn't find really any budgeting information about this and maybe that's because it flip-flopped between studios but I couldn't even see if I guess I don't really know how Netflix determines financial success because it's like a three but I think it's off of like views I think they go off of like viewership were you able to see Mm -hmm. if like financially this one was successful despite all of its um yeah yeah it if it if it generates a lot of buzz just kind of in internet postings and things like that, then, then that's a sign that it's achieved a certain level of cultural penetration. Uh, and, and that's really kind of what these blockbuster type films, these animated films, um, trade on the most it's, you know, how, how, um, you know, much do these characters stick in the minds of, the of audiences um and that's you know certainly something that a a company like disney has uh exploited for uh ages with you know their their marketing and their parks uh you know representation characters and things like that um and of course uh they've been successful to varying degrees throughout the history of the the company so uh, yeah, I don't know. Netflix will they have a a theme park level of character roster, uh, you know, to where people would celebrate seeing these characters out, um, <laughs> you know, doing photo ops and things like that. Um, uh, it, yeah. it says as of a week ago, there yeah. had been three point two million views in the first week. It oh, was geez. number nine on the top ten, <laughs> and it was about five point five million hours viewed. 
That sounds like a lot to me, but I have no idea what to compare it to. I mean, it made it on the top 10. Like, I know that there was one movie or one show that I watched that was really good. Okay. And I can't remember the name of it anymore. It was like a year, but it never hit like the top 10 and they canceled it. And I was like, are you freaking serious? Because it was so good. It was made by the people who made Dark, but because it didn't hit the top 10, they canceled it. I was so mad. 1899, I think maybe is what it was called. Okay, yeah. Was what was it? Was that with James Franco? Oh no, I know what you're talking no, about. No, no, no. It was like a period piece, and you have no idea what's going on, and everyone is speaking in a different language. Sure. Like, no, everyone speaks so well. a different language. It was, well, no, it was like supposed to be like that. Like, you could, I watched it just in English. I didn't realize that everyone was speaking in different languages, but it was supposed to kind of be like, People can still make connections with other people regardless if they don't speak the same language. It was it was kind of crazy. And the ending of this this season, I was like, oh, I was so excited for a second one. And then Netflix was like, no, 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 no. It was a good show. I yeah. I'm a fan. Okay, but if so- you watch it, just know there's not going to be another one. <laughs> well, uh, at least, this- yeah, they're not taking it off the the, the service. Continue, Jody. <laughs> If this one has enough popularity, do you know, is there a sequel to the book or like the original source material or are there multiple books in this series or was this a one and done? Um, I think book? it's multiple. Let me see. Um, yeah, how many issues were there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Web comic. Oh, I thought you meant issues as in like problems making it. I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, of uh, of the comic book, um, Stevenson initially published Nimona online on Tumblr. Wow, collection of one and two page comics. Um, <laughs> experimental. I think yeah. it's just one, and it's eleven individual. Like it's like eleven chapters. Interesting. Um. Which they're doing that a lot. So there's actually, um, there's been a couple of shows that started as like webtoons or graphic novels that have like been made into stuff by Netflix and whatnot. Like there's a show called Lookism that is, I think it's in, I think it's originally like Korean, but it started in a webtoon and now it's a show. It's pretty interesting. Okay. He was yeah. also kind of a shapeshifter. <laughs> I know. Good call, uh, Bridget, looking up the stats for, because yeah, Netflix does publish certain of their um viewership statistics uh the global top 10s is what i'm seeing here and yeah nimona currently uh is number three with the uh, over six million seven hundred thousand views and you know eleven million five hundred thousand hours two two weeks in the top 10 uh extraction two and the outlaws are higher um but yeah it's you know it seems to be doing fine i who knows you know how the um analytics for streaming will shake out you know as we kind of learn more and more about um how success is measured within the streaming space um but i mean netflix is certainly the heaviest hitter uh, within that space so uh, it's at least kind of safe being with a company like Netflix and having the kind of protective wall <laughs> of a of as robust a um, institution 
as Netflix <laughs> I'm protecting it. But uh, yeah, if it doesn't yeah. do good, they just won't make another one. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. They won't strip it from existence, <laughs> um, like some of these other ones are doing. But yeah, I I haven't really delved that deeply into Netflix, partly because like with all the, um, it, it gets tricky with the profile sharing and stuff. Um, but now my individual household in which I live has its own Netflix account. And so I'm, I'm getting more into, uh, you know, just checking out the app and seeing what's all on there. Uh, cause we, we I am the bullet as well. We were password shares and we're like, all right, I pay our dues. Yeah. Let's see, I, I used my parents for a long time and then I met Godfrey and he had his own and I was like, who are you? Oh, you're made of money. Okay. <laughs> and so we've had one for a while, but his mom uses ours. I share the account with my parents. So I'm kind of the administrator of the account. So I, I used to like not be able to download shows onto my phone because too many people are logged in at the same time. And no, don't have to worry about that now. Uh, I can <laughs> download away. I can search away, you know, whatever it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, well, and, and we have the, the, you know, most premium subscription with the 4k and all that stuff. So, you know, wouldn't want to settle for less than the best. And now I can watch all the drive to survive. I wish on repeat. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. Nimona, um, if, you know, she <laughs> is a complicated character, but very compelling. Uh, thousands of years old, kind of this uh, elemental being. And she she doesn't necessarily look like the traditional Disney princess either. But I mean, she's, eh. I, it's, it's not like I wouldn't hit it. No, <laughs> uh, gosh. <laughs> well, I, her being like feisty I, and then her being short, I was like, that fits. Her being a yeah. short, a short, feisty woman, it fits. All short girls are feisty. I'm convinced. <laughs> in terms of her wisdom, you know, she she refers to Valister at one point as small minded. And I mean, you know, she's a thousand plus year old being dumping on a, a you know, feeble human. So, you know, you have to you know, lend a certain amount of grace to, to people who just haven't had the life experience to really know better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, we're all at different stages in our development and, uh, you know, we're only given a certain amount of time on this world. So, uh, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of, um, really know where we fit into the grand scheme of things, but kids, especially, you know, they've got a lot to pick up on in the limited amount of time that they have been here. Uh, so I, I feel for them. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Any other thoughts on Nimona? I think if you have Netflix, watch it. It was great. And I'm happy we did. Yeah. Thank you yeah. guys. for. Uh, yeah. Don't look up spoilers. Just watch it. She, she's like chaotic. Good. She is the embodiment of chaotic. Good to me. So yeah, it was really cute. Big fan. Yeah. <laughs> You guys hear noise in the background? I, I think this thing filters There's like a out. thunderstorm above my house right now. I can hear. If oh, it sounds really? Like, like a shaky, oh. buffy sound, and like the rain's about to come pouring down. So yeah. it might That's be so me. weird. It's not storming here at all. 
It's on because its way. Because we look like it's going to storm. <laughs> You're like, it's coming, girl. It's Prepare it's yourself. black at my house right now. I, I, I'm going to go put my umbrella down after this. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I, I went on a bit of a, a few like tangent briefly on like Netflix's cultural resonance and, you know, what if there was a Netflix theme park or something like that? And I mean, I, I did kind of think of that based on my perusal of the um, profile pictures you can have for your, your Netflix profiles. Um, and it's like, what are the franchises that are being represented here? And I, there's not really anything I'm overly attached to. Uh, I ended up going with um, from Cro Cobra Kai. Well, uh, Danny um, oh LaRusso, La uh, Daniel LaRusso from Cobra Kai. I was tempted to do Johnny uh, Lawrence, the, you know, the former member of Co Cobra Kai, the blonde one. Uh, cause I, I like, but he's kind of a, a doofus. And so I just, I, I, I think I resonate more with, with Daniel. I need yeah, to double check. I'm going to check tonight. Cause I don't remember. Well, my oldest likes to change hours. <laughs> so with funny names. And so hers is, um, the sea beast, the red sea beast. Um, my okay. son's is one of the little dragons from the Dragon Prince show, and then I, oh, and ours is a character from Agret Suko, so <laughs> which I'm fine with. I watched Agret Suko; it's a fun show. If you guys like anime, okay. and also hate work working in a corporate office very much. <laughs> I hate that, and I love TV, so that sounds perfect. Okay, so it's like. Uh, severance but anime it's like corporate yeah stuff she like yeah she like hates it so much be but because it's like japanese culture you just kind of like have to suck it up and take all the abuse from your uh the people oh. you work with and then she goes to a karaoke bar and screams death metal but she's like a red panda okay. it's very funny it's a cute show that huh. sounds fascinating uh yeah you, you might I have watched to... a lot of random things <laughs> Yeah, you I was gonna to... say I don't think that's ever shown up on my recommended for you um list, but I will seek it out. I watch a lot of anime, so well in Netflix they actually brought a ton of anime on, so now I get recommendations like nonstop for new anime. So type it in the chat because there's no way I'll be able to remember that title. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> all right, final thoughts or uh, places people can can find you if you so. Uh, wish to share uh, start with you Bridget uh, you can find me on Instagram and that's Bridget bridge with a T five two four six Jody and I'm not really anywhere right now and nor do I plan to be for the next like six months so like you can find <laughs> me here or you can find me in the in the nether in the nowheres it, it might be more like two years you're gonna be more tired yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all good. Uh, on uh, on the Thoughtcast, that's all we need. Uh, conversations about animation. We talk about um, mostly blockbuster entertainment here, um, but you know sometimes we'll find a hidden gem uh, or a throwback. And uh, yeah, uh, Thoughtcast dot com. You know all kinds of podcast streaming services and. Um, at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram. Find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. And maybe there'll be a few other, there seems to be a few uh, other social media 
platforms popping up understandably so who knows how that'll settle out in the well well no you you know how yeah all the twitter fiasco there's like what is it called oh yeah threads threads yeah i don't have one but i've I've heard the the i think you have to have an instagram to like have a thread and i don't my instagram and i can't remember my password so i don't have a thread which it's fine like i don't need it I haven't checked it out yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's like linked to Instagram. And if you try to delete it, it, you have to delete your Instagram. So beware. (laughs) I, yeah. Apparently they're trying to fix it, but I heard about that yesterday. Oh no, that's not an accident. That is intentional, honey. What's his name? Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah. The meta guy? Yeah, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. He he knows what he's doing. He 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 said, yo, you go keep it. You go keep what you signed (laughs) up for. (laughs) I, speaking of like, algorithmic generation um i i've had my first experience with disney genie and that was confusing um it seems confusing it's it it recommends things based on preference and i just didn't take the time to like set oh what what are my preferences what do i want to see and so it's just kind of like throwing up random stuff and it's changing constantly and it's like We only used yeah. it when we went to Epcot to uh, do the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And then I did yeah. not look at it. I was like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't know how to use this. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a fast pass system. Like, yeah, I, it was I, so easy. Well, yeah, of course, my sister and I each put down $50 so that we could make sure we got on uh, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. So, yeah, paid 25 bucks for Genie Plus, plus an additional 25 for the uh, reservation for for resistance so hey it was it was worth it that the, that you're thing the cost of the park ticket on top of all this it's just wild like oh yeah you're encouraging it philip what are you doing <laughs> i've done it too i did it too i paid 18 dollars to ride on the ratatouille ride all around the kitchen floor in epcot so oh. we, <laughs> we wrote it and we, we didn't pay to ride that ride <sighs> they made you pay for it well, I guess I could have stood in like, like dang it. Hours. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. We did stand in line for like two hours. And then we, because we had, you have to hit like, you have to either get on at seven or one to get that Guardians ride. And so we were literally on the ride, the Ratatouille ride at one o'clock. And we were like, our phones yeah. had no reception. And we were like, hurry up. We did. It was like right as we pulled in, we got reception. One o'clock. We were on it. I was like, ah, it was the most stressful Ratatouille ride I've ever <laughs> ridden on. <laughs> Oh uh, so, yeah, I'm, it's I'm pretty chaotic. Skeptical of like the service, uh, you know, dropout potential that you you might experience at a place like Disneyland or a theme park. Like there's so many people on their phone. Gosh, and, and invest in um, portable chargers. Uh, whoever yes. would uh, you know is in the portable charger racket, you know, at the at the you know modern day theme parks you know it must be making a killing um so <laughs> that's uh that's oh, yeah. one thing yeah that's- i took one the last time we went because your phone especially because everything's on the app now and it's like if your phone dies you're just kind of kind of screwed <laughs> yeah totally so definitely had my charger handy um, when netflix okay. opens their theme park we just gotta hope that they give us something a little better even if the characters are way worse and the rides are nothing like maybe <laughs> i'll have a fast pass system so i'll go to netflix land yeah, yeah the stranger things ride you go in the oh, upside down yeah, why not i mean they have enough stuff that they could honestly probably do their own theme park 
You know what? Partner with Universal. <laughs> the Squid Game. Really, really make Disney yeah. mad. <laughs> the Squid Game It'll experience. Be, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're making the... Not to like... I don't want... I don't want it. Really? <laughs> what, I don't want the American it? version. Oh, I don't want the American version either. I want the I want the sequel to the, the Asian version. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. that That's what I thought you meant was the American version that they're talking about making. And I'm like... The thing about it, though, is that it's just going to the American one's just going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm in so much medical debt. I need to do the squid games for my medical debt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's going to be too close to home. It's going to be too close. I don't I don't want it. (laughs) Please forgive my college loans. No, you have to fight to the death to get your college loans. But I was just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, if you die, they, they don't. You don't have to pay them anymore. Okay, I guess that's fine too. <laughs> the the Galactic Star Cruiser is closing now, and it's like stuff like that doesn't really. Feel, I'm I'm much more just a lazy, you know, deadbeat who likes passive entertainment. That's uh, why I avoid social media, so I don't get spoiled on my you know Formula One results every you know <laughs> week. There's a race uh, <laughs> because I'll usually catch the replay you know hours after it's already uh aired in you know whatever european country or whatever it's it's being held in so often there's a yeah significant it's 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 at weird hours if you're in the u.s typically um so it's like you sound like godfrey (laughs) godfrey does that with soccer he's always like i can't look i'm the game was it you know six o'clock in the morning our time so i have to not look at anything can't even look at his phone because like now the phone if you even watch what if you look it up once it pops up automatically now it's like a it's like hey this is the it does it on my phone all the time and i'm like oh your game's on he's like don't tell me i don't want to know and i'm like okay i'm not gonna tell you (laughs) stupid algorithms i guess that will be an advantage to when ai is intelligent enough that you can just talk to it like a you know normal conversation um, and they're you can trying just, with Snapchat. Yeah, you can just tell it, okay, don't show me anything related to soccer or or Formula One or you know whatever, and mute this subject for. I mean, I'm sure there's already ways to kind of mute things, but I I don't think it's very reliable. Um, but whatever, and, and of course you wouldn't want to have to tell that to every single social media app, your um, search engine, you know, Google. That would get annoying too. So All it's like you'd want to. Like we need that movie, her. Remember yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, your assistant, your uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, your love interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? You don't need people anymore. You just need her. <laughs> Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson. And who was it? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, that movie's actually very iconic. So, well, we've I all mean, seen there'll still be people who want to be around other people, but then there'll probably be people who do without being around other people and they'll just stick to their ai assistants they, they won't even have her they'll be like no too much interaction no thank you <laughs> yeah be quiet <laughs> i'll stick with my amazon alexa <laughs> don't yeah, speak yeah. to me good good have options <laughs> and some people just want to move to cabin in the woods and you know fish off the land all right well okay we'll we'll wrap this up here <laughs> nimona fish off the land uh nimona <laughs> Uh, directed by once again Nick Bruno Troy Quain it's on Netflix and uh, yeah we'll be back on the Thoughtcast at some point a lot of multiversal madness that we could talk about here you know get the the Spider-Verse and the Flash recently but instead we decided to do something a little different 
Um, but yeah, Barbie for sure. Uh, thank you both, Jody and Bridget. Um, we'll see you next time. And uh, everyone out there, have a magical day. Uh, have a wonderful week. Warm hugs from the Thodcast. Thank you.